This episode of Digging the Crates is sponsored by Uchi Clothing, a brand that shows an intelligent and deeper understanding of hip-hop culture. Inspired by science, art and lifestyle, the word Uchi in Japanese translates to where someone belongs to, which is their ethos for the brand and its connection to hip-hop. Featuring limited edition designs that are screen printed by hand using eco-friendly inks, Every design is a track and their collections are albums. To find out more, go to uchi.co.uk. That's spelled U-C-H-I. Dig in the crates. Dig in the crates. Dig in the crates, y'all. Come on, come on. Sometimes you gotta dig deep. Head back from town to town. Dug deep in the crates where plates are found. This is Digging the Crates. I'm Vice Beats. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the podcast, brought to you by The Find. The podcast focuses on exploring the art, passion and culture of hip-hop, going beyond the typical questioning and digging deeper into the passions, inspirations and experiences of those involved in the scene's rich culture, featuring artwork from Sick Film and intro music by Herma Puma and Jabba the Cut, alongside interview editing by Felix Payne. This time, the graphics are an ode to 2006's Jay Diller album, Donuts. This episode features a producer who's consistently provided head nod in hip-hop for well over a decade. Having worked with artists on a global scale, he's humbly and quietly amassed a collection of music which puts him at the forefront of jazz and boom-bap-inspired hip-hop. This is Digging the Crates with Mecca 83. And now for our feature presentation. All right, here, here we go. Hey, peace. This is Mecca 83, and you're listening to Digging the Crates with Vice Beats on the Fine Mag. Mecca 83, welcome to Digging the Crates. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining us. So I guess I just wanted to start by asking you how you first got into production and what was your first setup? Oh man, that'd be a long-winded story. <laughs> I mean, I guess when I first started getting into hip hop, like I, I had like the idea straight away. I'm one of those people that likes to pull stuff apart. So like the first like proper hip hop record I got, I I pretty much like scoured the liner notes to try and figure it out. <laughs> um, like I was like, oh samples, you know, Rodney Franklin, all right, and then spent three months tracking down that record with not a clue of how to put it together. Um, <laughs> And I, I started out on like, I started doing pause tapes on my parents' hi-fi. And then then I graduated to, um, I think, was it called Hip Hop EJ on the PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I used that. Stacking loops. I did that for a few months. And then I saw an ad for, there used to be a program, I'm not sure if it's still around, called Making Waves. 
and it was what Daniel Bedingfield used. I remember the ad because it was like Daniel Bedingfield used this to make his album that's number one. And I was like, well, that sounds like it's pretty good then. Um, and sort of hit onto that and didn't get along with it. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, you know, you want to get an NPC? And I was like, I have no idea what this is. But I, in short, we managed to find one, me and my best friend, um, Ayad, when I was a teenager, we managed to find one in a cash converters in the Northern Quarter for like 200 quid. So we saved up for like a month and then went and bought an NPC and basically just learned how to use it by trial and error. <laughs> so do you remember what the first thing was that you ended up making that you were happy with? Oh man, I don't think I made, I think probably those first like five or six years, there's not a single thing that we made that I was happy with. I remember at one time having like a demo, which was, I wanted to be a rapper as well. That was the other thing. So like me and my friend, best friend Aya, we were like, oh yeah, we're gonna be rappers. And I remember making like a demo tape on an old Tascam 4 track that was basically us just rapping over, I think it was like the high-tech remix of that 512 inch with the high-tech remix on it. And um, yeah, yeah, the primo uh, Afura defeat beat off the B side of the 12. And it was like just, you know, us doing sort of like middle-class Northern English rapping over over New York hip-hop and it was awful but like someone somewhere still got that tape I'm sure <laughs> amazing so you you entered into this through like skate culture and part and so on as well didn't you so I mean what artists did you kind of initially got you into hip-hop so you said about those where you were rhyming over it and stuff like that um but like what artists really inspired you as a producer to want to produce so yeah i did i got into it through skating so i was kind of aware of it you know like in a like top of the pop sense but I, i'm from like the area that i'm from in macclesfield's like kind of big on rave culture because we were near things like club kinetic and stuff like that in the 90s so like, i grew up on like uh cassette packs those old like six cassette packs from like drum and bass nights and stuff like that and i was kind of tangentially aware of hip-hop and then I, there was a, there used to be a series of videos um, called Video Groove. And I remember really, really clearly VG4, my favorite skater was John Julio. And his section, his section came on about halfway through the video and this, this song came on and I was just absolutely mesmerized by it. And it was, it was We Got the Jazz by Tribe Called Quest. And I, I had no idea what it was. And then like halfway through the section, they like cut the section and it's him sat in the back of the car and they're like, hey, John, what do you listen to? And he's like, Tribe Called Quest. And they're like, anything else? He's like, nah, Tribe Called Quest, man. <laughs> and I literally like stopped and turned around to my friend at the time, Dan, and my little brother and was like, listen, we, we need to go find Tribe Called Quest. I didn't have a clue what it was. I didn't know if it was a guy, if it was a group. Like, I was just like, I need this. I need, so we literally like finished watching the video and just got on the, got on the bus to town and went and bought whatever Quest records were in the store. So, like, my my friend Dan left with, I think he got Midnight Marauders. Um, and then my little brother got Low End Theory, and I happened to pick up Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And that was, like, the, the <laughs> first proper hip-hop record I ever bought was Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And that was kind of pretty much what I taught myself to produce from. Like, that was, like, my like blueprint for what I thought things should sound like. So that I just obsessed over that record for like two years and tried to recreate it really, really badly. And arranged by the four-man crew and 
shit, Skef Anselm, he gets props too. Uh-huh. Make sure you have a system with some fat house speakers so yeah. the new shit can rock. Uh. From Boston, Master Pequa, uh. cause where I come from, quality is job one. And everybody up on me, you know we get, get the, the job, job done. done. So peace to that crew, yeah. and peace to this crew. Bring yeah. on the tour, we'll see you at a theater nearest you. Hey yo, but wait, back it up, huh. easy back it up. Please let the abstract embellish on the cut. Back and forth just like a cameo song. If you dig this joint, then please come dance along to the music, cause it's done just for the mind. Now I gotta scat and get mine. Underline the jazz. The what? The jazz to move that ass for the job originates. That feeling of pizzazz is a universal sound. Bless the rubbers on the ground and the one six below. You didn't have to go. Some say that I'm a subject cause I was hat at orgy. And sometimes for breakfast, I eat grits and porgies. If this is a stinker, they call me a sink, I ask. I mean, your, your music's shifted and changed direction so much over time as well. And I mean, how would you define your music in its current form? Oh, it depends on what day of the week it is, man. <laughs> I mean, I, if you if you look at 2020 in summary, like I kind of dropped like a jazz record in January with To The One and then put out a Boom Bap EP in June and then followed it up with a kind of like sample based with live instrumentation EP. I, it's kind of, I think I always start with like because this is this thing with like especially with like beat culture it's like are you lo-fi are you chip hop are you chill hop or you know all these different monikers and I'm always like I, I make hip hop like at the, yeah. co- at the core of it it's always down to that sort of that groove and that feeling that comes back to the stuff that I grew up with so I do I make a lot of stuff and in a lot of what a lot of people are classes a lot of different genres whether that's like making sample based jazz or making quote unquote beat scene stuff but it's all hip hop to me I think yeah for sure kind of the essence of it widened for everything you do yeah for sure I mean you you touched on it in the sense of like the different sounds you've got but I mean what made you shift from being called Wires to Mecha 83 and I guess the other side is where did those names come from yeah I mean Rise was a complicated one because that's what I started out as and I was for about 10 years. Um, I think the thing that got me was I was making a bunch of different stuff and like if you go through like production credits and stuff, I was making stuff that was kind of like broken beat inspired and more boom bap stuff. I just so happened to chance upon like this idea of kind of making like a sample based jazz album and not a jazz hip-hop album like I was trying to make a jazz record but with samples like I in my head I was like oh what if DJ Shadow got into like Farrah Sanders in his teenage years sort of thing <laughs> um so that kind of created a, a single that was called Message to the Architects and it was out on Futuristica in 2008 I think um and people really yeah, liked it record. Yeah, and like, so it's it's the seven inch sold out. And then Sai at Futuristica was like, you, you know, you could do an album like this. And the thought had never really occurred to me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll give it a go. You know, someone's offering to, to put out a record. And at this point, that was the first record I'd ever put out. Distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, friends and enemies. I want to point out first that I'm very happy to be here this evening. And, uh, 
So I worked for like 18 months on doing the, the Messages album. And it was no fault of the labels, it was more fault of my own. It just so happened that the single in the album that I had out was like sample-based jazz. I'd done a couple of remixes in it. And I kind of got pigeonholed into that thing where people would start like ringing me and emailing me saying, hey, can you do me a jazz remix for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's like less than 20% of what I actually do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like people were like, I was doing remixes for people and they were going, right, can it, yeah, but can you make it more jazzy and less hip hop -y? And I was like, oh, I think we've got wires crossed here. So Mecca 83 kind of became like a necessity so that I wasn't in this one little box. And I kind of I, yeah. I kind of purposely pushed with Mecca 83 as well, especially with the first album to sign of do a really big variety of things. So like really heavily electronic stuff, beat based stuff, stuff with loads of live instrumentation. Um, just so that there wasn't like this tiny little box that people wanted me to put me into. Yeah, for sure. So kind of trying to diversify through a name change in a sense. Yeah, and that, the other part of that, of course, was that like, I remember getting onto MySpace and being like, oh, my name's Rise, and then being like, I'm the 23rd Rise that's joined MySpace <laughs> Music and realising that maybe it wasn't that original. Mech 83 is definitely original though, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a random one, man. I, d I, I don't know how I came up with it, but I kind of had this idea of like, um, you know, like old school graffiti writers like Stay High 149 and stuff. And it was like they yeah. had they had like a moniker and then their area code. And like Mecca 83 was like sort of like having a moniker, but then like my year of birth. And I think it was like post Flying Lotus having put in out 1983 and being born in 83. I was like, well, this this kind of ties me to like that side of the culture you know, like the beat side yeah definitely I mean you've cited Dilla as like a one of your lead influences in lots of different ways and that whole era really and I know I've said it to you many a time I mean your knowledge of Dilla definitely helped me I mean you I remember you sitting down on Cubase with me and being like right this is how you swing drums. This is how this works. This is how that works. I'd be like, if it wasn't for you, I think I'd still be like rocking dry drums year, years on on. So it, it shows, you know, firstly, thanks for that. But I mean, how how is it? Well, I mean, I guess, what is it about Dilla that you like musically? I mean, why do you see him as as such an integral influence to, to well, your music and your scope of hip hop? I think I, there's a few things. I think for me personally, going back to sort of like the first hip hop record, I, it was kind of the foundation of how I got into it. So like, you know, Beats, Rhymes and Life is 70% JD beats. So yeah. that's like the absolute foundation of sort of like my production style was trying to emulate Quest and by proxy Dilla. Um, so it's got like a really strong foundation. I'd say like Dilla and Pete Rock, I pretty much, you know, like if, if you, everyone stands on the shoulder of giants, then I, you know, I I definitely, you know, climbed up and stole as many of their ideas as I could. <laughs> but I, I think it's the feel for me. Like, I think more than anything, like I've never been like a super, super technical guy. I'm not one of these guys that sits and uh, people will probably cry listening to this, but I don't sit and mix a track for like six hours, man. Like I'm like, does it feel good? Then it's going. Um, and I, that's what I've always got from like JD stuff is just the feel. I think it's that it's that natural groove that he had, and obviously like he had a crazy ear for samples. I'm still discovering stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know you could flip stuff like that. But 
it's just the feel more than the technicality it's the the movement to it i think i mean you you touched on your process a little bit so you started with your mpc what's your studio set up now then uh super minimal so I, I went through I went through the um, like what I'd class as the boys' toys phase, <laughs> where I sort of I, I had like a, a quote unquote proper studio, and I think at the, at the height of it I owned probably about five or six synths, like two or three MPCs. <laughs> I bought I bought like a, a two inch tape machine that was the size of a stand up oven from BBC Radio Manchester in one of the auctions. <laughs> like I had everything. And I enjoyed it for a bit and then I found it really distracting. So nowadays I've gone back to pretty much like I've got an SP404 that's in the drawer and hasn't come out for like six months. And it's it's 99% Ableton and I'm using a push controller and a MIDI keyboard, man. It's like 90% in the box at the moment. I can see them in the sunshine. I stay present, but I listen to the elders and the spirits that have already passed. Some can relate, but others might laugh. Not knowing that they travel and refute what is time. See, energy is infinite, and so we move way beyond those imaginary lines. I walk the divine path and watch signs. No coincidence, their blessings always come on time. I can see them in the sunshine. Use the hashtag DTC Podcast. You've talked about some of the software that you tried to go through over time and then obviously going purely to hardware with the MPC. I mean, how did you get to the Ableton stage? Were you using other software to get there? Yeah, I jumped from, so I jumped from like an MPC to... I tried Fruity Loops and I just never got along with it. And I know loads of people swear by FL Studio, but it just never really connected with me. And then a friend of mine was doing um, music tech at Manchester College and he was using Cubase and he, he taught me over the period of like six months how to use Cubase. And suddenly this like world of possibilities opens up not that you're limited with an mpc but suddenly someone's like hey there's virtual instruments and like (laughs) i was like oh cool and i can mix in this and like suddenly got really into that side of it and i i stick with cubase for maybe 10 years and then i I just started messing with ableton just as i started doing mecha 83 as like a, a second pseudonym so i've been on ableton now for what yeah like a decade i think that sounds good so i mean you touched on the manchester scene briefly or like in different forms like in in various ways i mean it's long been that hub for hip-hop as well and kind of one of those cities where people will turn to it to see what the next rise in culture or subculture may be i mean how are you finding the scene currently are there any artists that you're particularly feeling i know you've worked with there are a few people that are like sort of ksr and king k and all that side of things i mean what are there any artists that you're you're kind of really seeing on the rise that you're checking and enjoying at the moment i think like you touched on like obviously like king Kai's phenomenal as far as i'm concerned i yeah i remember meeting him at a 
an event in Manchester and he handed me a USB key with all his demos on it. It was like 2016 and I was just hooked. You know, and you can just tell that someone's just really, really talented. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to see him doing well. Candles in my zone. Meditate memory. Sitting all alone. Hit a swing, catch the pendulum and go. Clock waving both hands as you float. Find a story you can tell them when it's told. Share it with the world through your voice or your roads. The key to it is control. Gotta lose yourself like your chakra and glow. Tell it like it is in the go. And when you feel blue, say, say it with your throat. Six energy, third eye shown. Say what's in your mind, let them know, let them know. Let them know, let them know. Just let them know, let them know. Six energy, third eye shown. KSR's amazing, Layful Stop, the whole Roots Raddock family, like they're just, it's just a really nice vibe. I think with Manchester's kind of like, historically in hip hop terms has been kind of under the radar compared to the South. So I think there's like between those artists and I, I'm not like quote unquote in that scene nowadays. I'm, I'm South of the city and I'm, you know, old and stuff. But, um, <laughs> But those guys are like have like a real community spirit, and you, you can't help but admire the fact that like you know Children of Zeus are massive, but like they still have King Kai and KSR and Lay and like like Rep Manchester on an album yeah. that they didn't they wouldn't have to because anyone in the UK would want to be on that album, but to them it's more important that they rep Manchester. That's the a big thing for me with like the northern scene, and I don't want to get into the north south divide, but like, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, keep a spare player case, homie looking good us. Don't know how to play, so from then I had to do up. Right, high V's checkered like I stole somebody's steward. Digital physio, signal can't pick it up. Written in France, before they can't pick it up. Coming back, coming at my door, I got coming soon. All I got is floor and a living room. Only finger swapping is my stone for a betty boot. Petty you, that's what I was with the heavy juice. Have to shrivel down and conform for the belly spent. Days inside, conform to the telly with that little voice saying it's that pen game ready. Yeah, well, I've been ready when I had been 10 heavy. Always been a mute, not Tom. I'm a Jerry, Jerry, rapping Springer. I'm gone at that Jerry's in me. I mean, is there any artists that you 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 would look to work with actively, or you're currently working with within that scene? I'd love to do some more stuff with King Kai. Um, I'd love to do some stuff with Lay as well. And it's one of those things. It's timing more than anything. Like we've exchanged, I've exchanged beats, and like you know, some of them have reached out and said, "Hey, let's do something," and then it's kind of fallen by the wayside. And I'm. I'm hopeful that we'll get some stuff in the bag soon. Nice. I look forward to hearing that. I mean, on on that tip, I mean, you've featured on so many compilations and labels and you seem like you've really managed to kind of get deep-rooted within the scene over time, like sort of, especially on, I guess, on a kind of global beat makers level. And I mean, digitally, like your music spanned really far but you're still rooted within kind of like vinyl and physical products. And so I just wondered, what's your preference as a collector? Are you finding your collections more still physical or are you more they're heading towards the digital realms or where are you at? It's a mix of both, man. So like, I, I, I'm one of those people that still buys vinyl. Like that's that's been my thing since I was like 16 years old. So I don't think that I'll ever go 
but it's balance for me. So like I I I I go through phases. So like at the moment I'm I'm heavily into that boom bap stuff and I've suddenly just got back into like can kick again. I love can kick, I think he's amazing. <laughs> um yeah. and then realised that he's got a band camp page and he's got like 20 beat tapes. And I'm like, well I'm buying all these. You know, so it's and it's I'm the same I have the same approach with the music that I collect as the music I release. I think it's about balance and recognizing that like for me physical is important but equally for a lot of your listenership so is digital yeah and it's, it's that balance and trying to not to get too hooked up in the numbers as well man there's a there's a whole sort of school of thought about you know how many zeros after your spotify plays equals success or and just yeah. try not to get too looped into that whole thing man because i don't think that's really healthy no for sure i mean it's a weird one isn't it i mean there's there's some artists where they are some of the best artists you'll ever hear, but people do just define the success by that, which is, is quite sad, really. I mean, it's it seems to start with YouTube and then SoundCloud, and then it's it's kind of moved on and on and on. And I mean, especially with things like Spotify, it's so clear. I mean, it's down to the individual play. You know, it's uh, it can become quite an obsession. It's it's quite it's good in one way, but it definitely comes with its challenges in another, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. And like, don't get me wrong, like I've got you know a few tracks that have you know one or two million plays, and I'm I'm extremely grateful for that. Like, not just you know financially, but exposure-wise, it's great. But I think this this sort of premise of setting the value of your music or the determiner of your success on plays just for someone that comes from a an era of like you know people may not sell a lot of records but still have a lot of respect it's yeah. it's not a it's not a numbers game and you'd say you look at things like you know like for example like you can't even get like the bush babies albums on spotify and it's like were, were they not successful because i still bump that all the time <laughs> like yeah sure yeah, you're right. It's, it's perspective, ultimately, isn't it? And it's, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's quite a few albums that have only just come on there. You know, I mean, like some of Pharaoh's older, older stuff and various other bits and bobs over time where if you weren't aware that it had only recently been added, you'd think, well, why why isn't this popular? Yeah, but like the whole Raucous catalogue like, wasn't yeah. online for like, you know, up until about 12 months ago. And it's like, did they not sell millions of records? Like... Yeah, you know, these these things existed even if they don't exist in Spotify. And there's a lot of cats who are doing really well on Bandcamp alone. You know, it's I think it's for me it's just that as long as you know what your worth is and what you want want to achieve, then go with that. And if it's Spotify, then that's cool with me. It's just it, that's not my track, man. In terms of the artists that you've worked with, I mean you've worked with artists from like Rep Life, Tom Mish, Bus Crates. We've, we've mentioned a few others as well on top of people like Scorsese and loads of others. And do you prefer collaborating or do you prefer working on your own? I mean, I'm a natural hermit, so I'd, I'd lean towards I'd lean towards working on my own, but there's this certain, this I have like a list. I used to have a list, rather. I used to have a list of like people that were like bucket list. You know, like, and Scores was one of them. Like, and this was at the time, like, pre when, pre Love Me, like, when he was off the scene and he was on the list. And it was one of these things I remember sitting around at work with um, my friend Ben, who raps as Ben Nunn. 
and being like, I'm going to get scores one day. And he was like, he's away. You're never going to get him. You're never going to get him. And, uh, you know, sheer force of will and sending people your demo tracks and going, you sound amazing over this. It <laughs> can go a long way sometimes. Yo, Mecca 83, you smashed it. Yo, people are always correcting me on my grammar, but nothing makes sense in the world. So I wrote this for them. Yo, check. Was more crapper at footballing than the other kids is. So I choose rap. This is the way I catch my fishes. Late night counting 3,000 sheeps. How do I survive? The pressure got me grinding my teeth. It's like the 72th time that I rewrited the rhyme. It's like I fight it in my own mind. Crime is all we ever hear on the news channelings. Forever out of war like Captain Mannerin. Huh. Yeah, school was shit like Riding the bike of life with no lights They teached us but didn't reach us In the lessons every year It's two weeks on the beaches with no stressors Poured a glass of water then I drunk it Just my luck the guy above us just by the drum kit I'm getting grumpy every day to go by Don't you get it middle aged About to hit 35 Probably in B&Q stuck at self-service that's why you haven't seen me for time I'm getting nowhere, sort of like flattery Twat me on Twitter if you ever did Added me, hashtag, Facebook tag Tag team, high five, nah You're too slow to the side I'm so hop hip, I'm down with the kids So street, I fight with a dustbin lid uh. You've you've mentioned how you've worked on your own with this and built it up but also you've done a fair bit of your graphic work too haven't you over time so I mean what I guess kind of firstly how did that come about and what did come first for you was it music or graphics definitely music I think a lot of stuff sort of like fallen in the back as an indie artist you kind of have to wear so many different hats so like I think graphics came at a time where like I wasn't that well known didn't know if you were going to sell any records and you know you go to a graphic artist and go I want this this and this and they'd be like oh cool that's 150 quid and it's like dude I haven't got 150 quid like okay let's get a crack version of Photoshop and watch some tutorials and figure this out um, and the same it's like I can I can code and I owe coding to music as well because you know no one wanted to build my website in 2010 so I learned how to do it you know so you end up picking up these especially if you've been around for a while I think you start picking up like little random skill sets like I write a mean press bio as well just because like there was a period of time when no one would write it for me yeah fair enough uh, it's uh, it's good to have those skills in the you write I think there's I guess it's that that slightly older era in terms of hip-hop where it it wasn't the digital age as much it was kind of on the cusp and you, you mentioned things like myspace era and so on where people were more reliant on physical products and everyone just got on with it themselves and i mean sometimes make appalling things but still they'd, <laughs> you'd still get stuff out there and, and just keep going with it because you just had that focus on the prize of i can do this i'm gonna make it yeah definitely i think it, it comes from that like i'm, I'm pretty from a pretty diy ethic background so it's like you know if it needs to come out and no one wants to help me like i'm gonna put it out one way or another even if that means that i need to figure out like how to master for vinyl and like how to work photoshop and you know that's all that stuff to get a record out is you know stuff that you just if you want to do it you're gonna have to pick it up if no one's gonna help you <laughs> yeah, definitely. Geschichten aus dem Leben, zwischen Alltag und Utopie, Wunsch, Vorstellung und effektiven Dasein, Realität und ihre Asymmetrie. 
Sinnbild für die Hütig, alles egal, Philosophie, Kopfschuss, Ästhetik, künstliche Nachschiss, geistige Zerfall, auf gesellschaftlicher Basis, kaputte Welt, Chaos in der Matrix, alles im Arsch, ohne mutig gefickte Tag, X, der menschliche Makel, Placebo-Problem, betäubte Charakter, im Sog vom Extrem, mental abgestumpft, Fuhl und bequem, aber so sie gut ab, was dann ein krankes System, nachdenken streng da, entschieden, wenn man es lässt, lieber dumm stellen und brav in den Arsch da, verblendet, als würde der Shit nicht angehen, jeder wird warm, aber niemand wird sie wahr haben. Wir haben nichts zu tun und zu viel Geld. Meistens Mittelmaß und häufig weg. Scheit auf eure Normen. Ist noch wie Mohammed, als sie am Berge hier waren. Manche Leute wollen nicht die scheiß Realität sehen. Sind frustriert von ihrem eigenen Leben Das Gefühl bleibt da, ständig kotzen zu müssen Ein Leben am Rand des Heimats So to bring it back to your bucket list, I mean, you mentioned people like Scorsese and so on, and you've touched on some of the Manchester scene with people like Layful Stop and, and King Kai and so on. I mean, who who is left on that list? Like, if you could choose anyone to collaborate with, who would it be? Oh, who's left? Like, basically all the unachievable ones. <laughs> Fair enough. So, like, my, my bucket list, what's left on my bucket list is probably, like, Q-Tip first and foremost um that's been on my bucket list since 1996 so i'm i'm, I'm pretty late on ticking that one off um and farrow monch as well like all-time favorite mc those are my two big like bucket list items and i'm i'm pretty sure i'll never tick them off but i'm cool with that <laughs> hey you never know man it's uh yeah, bigger things have happened. I mean, what's next musically for you then? I mean, so you've got the the anthology project that's that's coming out. And what what else is happening in the world of Mecca eighty three to twenty twenty one and onwards? Lots of ideas. That's the best <laughs> nice. way I can say it. I I have this funny thing where like I I come up with a concept for an EP and I'll get halfway through it and then like pause on it and start another idea for an EP. So at the moment I'm kind of going through that process where there's like four or five different projects that I've got ideas for and I've started sketching but probably only one of them will make it to the end. At the moment I'm kind of like I think I spent so long sort of like trying to get right in that niche between sort of like electronic and acoustic that I and I'm I'm torn between whether which edge I push to like I really enjoyed doing that uh 95 EP earlier in the year and just doing sort of like drum machine music that was really nice to go back to so maybe some more stuff like that and equally I might just like try and do a jazz record and make a really awful job of it I'm not sure yet <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. So does that mean that we're going to have the return of Rise? Potentially, yeah. I keep toying with that. Like we did a couple of tracks in 2018, but there hasn't been a like a proper Rise record since the first one. So I'm like, it's like nine years ago. So yeah, I could I could probably do with at least doing a second record before I retire. Exciting. Sounds good. So just just finally, so where can people check out your music if they're interested? Which I'm sure they will be. Yeah, for sure. Like 
anywhere you can listen to stuff, I'm generally on it. So I'm on Bandcamp, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Chip Shop, yeah, everywhere, man. <laughs> nice, man. Sounds good. I mean, it's, it's great that there's finally a venue for that as well, for Chip Shop, so yeah. big up to them as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Hip Hop Chip Shop in Manchester is great, by the way, if you're ever in Manchester, you should go check those guys out. <laughs> sure. Well, Mech83, thanks for taking the time to, to join us on Digging the Crates, and best of luck with your music. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Cool. Peace. Peace. Come on. Yeah, okay, yes, let's go back into it, let us pursue it, put it in motion, it being the soul calm, communication, I'm the rappers at the Tev with the rhyme, gifted, speech lifted, tongue twisted, straight up to lift the musical weight up, I gave the hate up for love, y'all, yeah, 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 so much better, plus the vocal weather, flowing like a love letter, unrequited, point the pencil to the pad, shoot the ink, got it, and soak it in, bruh, I broke it in, uh, the track, I borrowed it so I could give it back to y'all, and you can listen with a new ear, I'm new here Show love, holy like a dub uh, Good-ish, grown by a good sis Looking like Yemi, y'all Represent similar to job music Raw music, say find out more about each episode, including the tracks played, go to thefinemag.com.